welcome the fourth dimension with Lance Johnson. We keep it real. Donate to PayPal Ministries if you feel it. So I believe it or not, even all the way down in Ranger, Georgia, I got families that were stationed up here in the military. They said, oh, we know right where Hoptown is. So I, uh, I'm excited to be in Hoptown with you tonight. I'm excited to see what God's going to do. How about you? Amen. Come on, we just come to see him. Amen. We need to come to hear a preacher. We need to hear a word from heaven. Amen. I believe God's going to show up in the house tonight. I just want to take a minute and tell you how much I honor this house tonight. I honor what God's doing in this ministry. I honor your leaders tonight for their for their passion and their labor of love to see God transform lives. Amen. You know, when he reached way down and got on lamp shops and down in all that addiction and all of that perversion and he pulled me out by his mercy when nobody else reached down into places he reached down. Come on and show me mercy. How can we do anything else but love him back and tell others how powerful he is? You know, when I got saved, it's been a long time now, but when I got saved in 1990, I felt like I got ripped off. I felt like I got cheated and ripped off by every preacher I'd ever heard because nobody ever told me about the power of God to transform a life. Nobody ever told me that He would love me, turn me around, transform me, regenerate me. I didn't even know what being born again meant, much less what the power of the Holy Ghost was. Come on, if I'd know God been this good, I'd have never waited as long as I did to get saved. Valley, the rose of every desert. He's our strength in the midst of weakness. He's our deliverer, our strong power. Come on, somebody, our shield and our fortress. He is everything that we stand in need of. Come on, he is the provider tonight. And I just, I can't wait to get in the Word, but if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of John chapter 4 tonight. As I was praying this afternoon, I just really, I'll be honest with you, I hadn't preached in probably the last six or seven months. I quit preaching. I just started saying what God says. I know that maybe it's coming as a real unique thing, but I've always been the guy that prayed. I study all the time. I'm in the Word. I'm always, okay, God, I walked in the pulpit, got my notes lined out, got everything there, but I hadn't preached a note, and I can't remember when. I just get up and God speaks. So I'm praying tonight that tonight God speaks. You don't need to hear Lance Johnson. You need to hear the Holy Ghost. Let me say it one more time. You don't need to hear Lance Johnson. You need to hear the Holy Ghost. I'll know tonight that I did my job. If I leave here, you don't remember my name, but you remember the name of Jesus. I'll know I've done my job. John chapter 4. I'm going to call this one tonight, and, and, and only because of the fact that, that, that this scripture always reminds me, my favorite part of this text is, leave your water pots behind. In John chapter 4, beginning in verse 4, the Bible said, and he must needs go to Samaria. Everybody say, must needs. Those two words are critically important to this text, so just remember those two words. He must needs go to Samaria. Then cometh he to the city of Samaria, which is called Sakar, near the, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore being weary with his journey sat thus on the well. And it was about the sixth hour. And there cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. And Jesus said unto her, Give me a drink. Everybody say, Give me a drink. Give me a drink. For his disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. And then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew ask a drink of me? 
which am a woman of Samaria. In other words, let me just let me just stop right there for just a minute. She said, do you really know who I am? You know, you're a Jew. I'm a Samaritan. I'm considered a dog. And you're going to ask me for a drink? Let me put that in modern 21st century terms for you. Here's the Son of God walking out, the King of the Jews. And here's a woman who's probably a prostitute. We know her backstory from what I'm about to read. She's been divorced and remarried five times. And she's shacking with a man that's not her husband. Is this all right? Just a minute. And all of a sudden, she's like, do you know who you're talking to? I, I am not an upstanding citizen. She knew who she was and where she come from. Didn't understand how it was that he could be talking to her. I need to say this before I preach anymore. Some of you never thought that the Son of Glory would come and talk to you. But I want you to know that he's been looking for you for a very long time. He's been searching for you in places that you never thought that he would search for you. He's been after you. He didn't see you based on where you've been. He saw you based on where you'll be once he washes you in the blood and transforms you by the power of the Holy Ghost. He saw value in you. He said, I gotta go and find you. He's been looking for you for a long time. And I got news for you. He's not just gonna visit you. He wants to take up habitation with you. We're not just talking about a man. We're talking about the Son of God. We're talking about the resurrected King that is wanting to move in to you. washed away my sin, but nobody ever told me that God himself wanted to move in. And let me tell you, when God moves in, you can't remain the way you are. You ain't trying to change. You ain't got to change. You got to come like you are. And the power of God will change who you are. and wonder who are you? How did you get there? I used to know you. You was a drug addict. I know you. You was a drug. I knew you. You was a whoremonger. How did you change? And you'll say it's not me, but it's the power of the living God. The The old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Somebody say, God wants to talk to me. Just say it one more time. God wants to talk to me. I don't care what hell hope you crying out of tonight. I don't care where you came from. Don't care what your past is. Don't care how long your rap sheet is or what the police said about you. Don't care what the judge said when he slammed the gavel down. I got news for you. God wants to have a conversation. He wants to sit down and have a conversation with you because he sees something of value in your life. Not based on you, but based on him. Somebody says it's based on him. We're already a masterpiece in the making. Some of you think there's nothing that can be done with my life, but I got news for you. When God gets done with you, when God gets finished with you, He's got you as a masterpiece in the making right now. You wasn't even looking for me, He's been looking for you. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get off in that, but I just feel the Holy Ghost. I, I just feel like. a long time. And I, I believe that the night before this message is done that you will realize how intently God has been in pursuit of you. Yes. Let, me, let me just try to get through my text if I can. If I don't, I'll just preach and we'll read the text later. <laughs> the Bible says so. 
uh, and you'll find out that I'll preach the letter of the word. But let me let me just let me just pick up where I left off if I can find that place after I just abruptly left it there. Glory to God. And the Bible said, for his disciples were going away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew askest drink of me, which of a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, who it is that saith to thee, Give me a drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. And the woman said unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep from whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well, and drink thereof himself and his children and his cattle? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drink of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up of the everlasting life. God, I don't know if I get through this. Help me, Jesus. The woman said unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus said unto her, Go call your husband. And come hither. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast said well. Now listen to this. Thou hast said well, I have no husband. Verse 18. Key words. Listen carefully. For thou hast had. Somebody say had. Had. You know had means past tense. Five husbands. And, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that thou saidest truly. And the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain. And he said that in Jerusalem is the place where men are to worship. And Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me that the hour cometh when you shall neither worship on this mountain nor at Jerusalem. <laughs> uh, listen to this. Worship the Father. Verse 22. You worship, you know not what. You know not what you worship, for the salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and it now is, when true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. And God is the Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And the Father said unto Him, I know that the Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When He has come, He will tell us all things. Watch this. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman, yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest to her? And the woman then left her water pot. Everybody say she left her water pot. And she went her way into the city and said unto the men. Notice what it said. She said unto the men. Remember how many husbands had she had? Who was she living with now? A man that was not her husband. And the Bible said she went to the men. Everybody say she went to the men. The men. Y'all ain't going to like that. I'm going to tell you. And she went to the men and said, listen to what she says. I love this. And told them, now watch this. Come see a man. Well, before he said that, the woman left her water pot and went her way into the city and said to the men, come see a man which told me all things that I, I ever did. Is not this the Christ? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your anointing tonight. 
Thank you for the revelation of your word. God, we don't need a sermon tonight, and I don't want to preach a sermon. God, I just want to be a conduit for you to speak through tonight. God, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of your mouth. Holy Ghost, speak tonight, God. Lord, pierce the hearts of every hearer tonight. God, right here and online, God, reach people's hearts tonight, God. Bring them from the miry clay. Bring them into the rock of your kingdom, God, that their lives may be forever changed and set upon that stability, God. That will take them into the coming of seeing your face, face to face, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Everybody say must needs. You see, the Bible said he must needs go to Samaria. There, there are six things that I want to bring out very quickly to you concerning the words must need. It's a complex couple of words. But if you really study them, this is what it means. It means that it was necessary. Everybody say necessary. It was necessary that he went to Samaria to meet with a woman. Not a crowd, not a multitude, not 10,000, but one woman. And this woman was a woman that others would have never have went to. He went to a city where others would not go to. Because if you want to find out where Jesus is, he's hanging out with sinners. You need to understand something that I did not come for the righteous, but he come for the sin sin. He come for the broken and the hurting tonight. And he's looking to seek and to save that which he might. Somebody who knows that they need a savior today. Somebody that knows that my life has broke me. That my life has messed me up. That my choices have put me in bad places. That the life that I live has put me in a place of a, of a detrimental cycle that is destroying my life. And the Bible says that it is necessary. Everybody say necessary. That he meets you right where you are. And I need you to understand before I preach any further that nobody in this room ever find Jesus. Nobody found him because my Bible said no man can come to Jesus unless the Father draws him. The truth is it was God looking for you a long time ago. And he was following you in the places that nobody else would have been. He was there when you was coming down out of the high. He was knocking on the door of your heart. He was dealing with you. He was there when you woke up in the bed with somebody you know that you weren't supposed to be with. When you was coming out of the club at 3 o'clock in the morning. He was there right in the middle of it. And in your most lonely hour, it was him that was there drawing you unto himself. You can't get high enough to escape him. You can't run far enough. He'll find you in your highest high. He will find you in your lowest low. He'll leave the 99 and go into the wilderness where nobody else where the dangers and the perils are. And he'll find you until. Can the preachers to give up on you? Church will give up on you, but God will never give up on you. Oh, but I'm telling you, Jesus never quits. For who ever tried to say that Genesis chapter 6 is the Spirit of God won't always tarry with a man to use that as an excuse to tell you that God's going to quit looking for you. I got news for you. God didn't quit looking for you. He never stopped looking for you. That's why you're in this room right now. He's because God was looking for you. You thought you just accepted a friend's invitation, but I got news for you. It was a setup. God brought you. your life is eternal and God has a plan for you. Somebody say, I have, I'm an eternal necessity. Some, some people thought you were a nuisance, but I came all the way from Ranger, Georgia to tell you, you are a divine necessity. And God said, I got an appointment with you. 
Number two is it is necessity. Now listen to this. Lying in the nature of the case. In other words, God said it's a necessity because you got a problem that your, your situation is so serious that it requires God to show up. And see, some of you have had a whole lot of people try to fix you. You are a little like Humpty Dumpty. A whole lot of people trying to put you back together. You went to every program. You went through every step. But you're still jacked up, still messed up. And you gave up. But I got news for you. God said the cause of the severity of your case and the nature of your circumstances. It is mandatory that God shows up. Circumstances. Now watch this. Or by the conduct of others towards you. Let me say that a necessity that was brought on by circumstances or by the conduct of others toward us. I need to teach here for about two minutes before I get back to preach mode. I need to just tell somebody that's in this room. You didn't wake up one day and decide I'm going to go be a dope pack. I'm going to wake up one day and wreck my life and tear my family apart. You didn't just wake up one day and make a bad choice that I'm going to go down this road in rebellion. And I'm going to tear my family apart. I'm going to burn the bridges of every person that I ever loved and ever loved me. And we've all heard that the wages of sin is death. But what somebody failed to tell us, not only is the wages of sins that we commit death, but sometimes the wages of sins committed against us works death in us every day. You see, when you've done this for 30 years like I have, and you've reached out into hell holes, and you've brought people out of the bondage you did, you've been into the prisons, and you've, you've mentored the lifers in the state penitentiaries, and you've sat across from them, and you hear their backstory. And it's easy to judge a man because he's violent, because he's a rapist. It's easy to judge a person because they're a murderer until you heard their backstory. And then you heard how some mama's boyfriend slipped in his bedroom every night, and the Molested him over and over for two and three years at a time. And a four-year-old little boy that has been violated and molested over and over. And we wonder why they're sexually dysfunctional. We wonder why they're broken. We wonder why they're angry. Because the sins that were committed against them begin to work death in their life. Not that we have an excuse for our behavior, but we just don't understand the pain that some people are living in. I sat across from people every day of my life that were repeatedly raped and molested, abused and beaten. I've talked to people that, that have gone through horrific pains and I thought that my pains were bad. I thought that my grandfather blowing his head off in my arm was a bad experience. But I've never had to experience some of the things of the many women that have sat across from me that were self-medicating and they were in a lifestyle of dysfunction because of the things that were done against them. But i got good news for you today. That not only does the blood of Jesus come to forgive us of the iniquities that we have committed. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, come to heal and deliver us of the sins that were committed against us. I want to preach to somebody tonight that God's come on the scene tonight to reach down and grab somebody whose case is so severe that you have been sinned against. And God said, I come to heal you. I come to deliver you. I come to make you whole. 
lived in a life of brokenness and hurt and pain. And I need to tell you that what I know beyond every shadow of doubt that God can do in an instant moment of what a lifetime of, of fixing and counseling can't do. That my God is the great, come on, the wonderful and the great counselor. He is the great physician. And there's not a broken heart he can't heal. There's not a mind he can't transform. Come on, there's not a wound that his stripes can't heal. Somebody say a necessity. That is created as a result of what has been done against us. Number, number four, a necessity in reference to what is required to obtain some end. Say that with me. It's a necessity. In reference to what is required to bring an end. To what you've been through. To what you're going through. I need to tell somebody in this room the reason that Jesus is showing up at your well tonight is because God said you've been in this cycle long enough. You've been broken long enough. You've been going through this thing long enough. You've been up and down long enough. You've been in and out of it long enough. You've been in a cycle of dysfunction and brokenness and pain long enough. And Jesus said it's a necessity for me to show up to bring an end to what you've been through. something more that you could go somewhere more and it'll bring you to the same game every day. But when Jesus comes Come on the scene, God will bring it in to your crippledness, to your brokenness, to your addiction. For he who the Son sets free is free. Somebody say God's going to bring it into it. Number five, it is a necessity of the law, of the command, of the duty, of equality. It is a necessity because God deemed it a necessity. Number six, last but not least, it is, it is a necessity established by the counsel and decree of God, especially by the purpose of, of, of His, which relates to the salvation of men by the intervention of Christ. I need to say something in this room today. The reason that God has a meeting with you today is because He loves you. Because He's loved you from the very beginning. Somebody may have told you you were your parents' mistake. Somebody may have told you you were some accident that came into this world. But I got news for you. You're not an accident. I got news for you. God never made junk. You said God made me. No, your mom and daddy didn't make you. My Bible tells me you were fearfully and wonderfully made. It was God. You're no accident. You were chosen by God. He's already got a plan for you. And His love for you will not let you run in the opposite direction of the plan that He has purposed for your life. That's why He's in pursuit of it. His love don't quit. His love don't give up. It'll tear down whatever it has to tear down. Go through whatever it has to go through to find you where you are. And he sits down with the woman and he asked her for a drink. And the reason that he asked her for a drink because he was about to open up the eyes of her understanding. Mm. Then he said, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink. Everybody say, ask him for a drink. Because what every person in this room and every person that I know needs to understand today, that we've been drinking of a well that left us very empty. 
She had been dipping in a well that the Bible says was very deep. He wasn't talking about Jacob's well. He was talking about the well of her broken relationship. That she had been dipping from man to man. From person to person. She was trying to find love. She was trying to find fulfillment. But everyone she found left her empty and dry. God, I wish I could preach it here today. You know, you thought that the note was going to fulfill the void, but after the high wore off, you were still empty. You've been looking and you've been searching and you've been trying to find, but the thing you've been trying to find, your gratification and your satisfaction in, is the thing that's worsening the condition that you're living in. God, I preach it here today. That it didn't help you. It didn't fill the voids in your life. It didn't, it didn't let you feel love. It didn't let you feel accepted. It didn't fill the empty places in your life. And Jesus was trying to tell that woman, woman, you've been dipping from a well that would not satisfy you. When the dope ran out, you were still empty and you were thirsting for more. And the marijuana led to the cocaine. And the cocaine led to the methamphetamine. And the methamphetamine led to whatever it was. And the bottom Money won't fix it. You thought a husband would fix it. The husband didn't fix it. You thought a family and a baby would fix it, and the baby didn't fix it. And even though you had it, you're still empty. You couldn't fill the voids in your life. And you're searching, and there's nothing you won't do to try to fill the void. And the thing that you're trying to fill the void with don't fill it. And it leaves you empty. And when the hive's gone and they've walked out and left you, you're alone again. You still feel unloved. Some of you in this room know what it's like to feel unloved in the arms of somebody. Yes. In a moment of intimacy, you're still empty on the inside because a relationship can't fill the void. Jesus had to bring her a place of revelation where she understood that he was the living water. Yeah. And there's only one water that can fill the voids in your life. And as long as you drink it from the wrong well, you're going to stay empty. But I got news for you, there's a well in the house tonight that you can drink from. That when you drink from it, you don't have to have the world anymore. You don't need the dope anymore. You don't have to have the alcohol anymore. You don't have to go from relationship to relationship anymore. Jesus! Drink of this living water, you'll never thirst. Everybody say, never thirst. Yes. Wouldn't it be wonderful to wake up one day and I don't have to steal no more? Oh. Yeah. I don't have to lie no more. Oh, I don't have to manipulate anymore. I don't have to sell my body anymore. Oh, you say, how do you know about that preacher? Because I was one of them. I know what it's like to steal. I know what it's like to, to have 20 and 30 illegal guns in the back of my truck at any given time on my way to sell and distribute the, the guns to try to fill the dope addiction that I had in my life. You see, you can't store $250 a day worth of cocaine and not have some kind of illegal income to fill the voids. Y'all don't want to hear me preach today. You can't listen. Listen, trying to fill the voids in my life with a fifth of liquor a day. Trying to fill it with a case of beer, with a, with, a, with an eight ball of cocaine every day. Trying to fill it in the strip clubs. Trying to fill it in the materialistic thing. Running up and down the southeastern United States. Drag racing, doing everything I could. Trying to live a lifestyle that was beyond my means. Trying to fill the voids that was in my life. I understand firsthand what it means to try to fill the voids in your life with everything that only worsens your condition. I understand firsthand what it means when you're trying to, to, to find happiness, contentment, fulfillment in relationships that only leave you broken, that only leave you hurting, that only leave you feeling rejected. 
I didn't know that there was a living water to drink out of. You see, sometimes God's got to meet us in a place where we are. That He can get in our face and let us know that we've been drinking from the wrong well. Jesus said unto the woman, if you knew who I was, you would ask me for a drink. She begins to talk about the well. And the Bible says that Jesus looked at her. She's talking about this is the well that, that our fathers gave us. This is the well that drink, Jacob drank for. Are you greater than Jacob? Remember what she said to Jesus. She said, you don't even have nothing to draw the water from. So she's looking at this well. Jesus said, I'm not talking about this well. He didn't say these words, but this is what he said to her because he got her attention. He said, go get your husband. Let's talk about your well. Let's talk about the well you're dipping out of. Let's talk about where you've been drinking of that ain't satisfied. Let's begin to come and see because what you can't confront, God can't deliver you from. What you can't reveal, God can't heal. God's got to bring us to a place to where we understand that the well we're drinking of no longer satisfies us. It's not doing it for us anymore. We keep drinking, but what we're drinking of is killing us. You've got to come to a place where you understand there's no joy in that life. There's nothing but brokenness and hurts and pains in that lifestyle. No matter how, no matter how good it feels at the moment, I still remember being on the knees, on my knees on the outside of my car, digging through the nap, down in the floorboard, digging through the nap with the carpet on my car, trying to find the rock of cocaine that flew off the mirror that night. And be able to find that little rock because the, I couldn't go to the dope dealer and get no more dope because I done fronted three weeks of paychecks. Y'all not hear me preach. I done spent all the diaper money. I done spent all the food money. I done spent everything I had. And each Saturday night at 3 a.m. in the morning and the dope is gone and so is the money. Come on. Digging through the nap of the carpet just to find one little rock. That fell off the mirror that I could put him on my finger. Oh, yeah. I don't. Y'all don't understand that. I know. Oh, y'all ain't even been there. Yeah. When you understood, there was nothing that you would do for the next high. Right. There was nothing. You would. You would nothing. You wouldn't steal. Would nobody that you ever walked over for something that never filled the needs and the voids in your life. you got to come to a place to where you're broken and you say that the well I'm dipping out of is not satisfying anymore. That what I'm doing is not fulfilling my needs anymore. But the truth is it's a cycle that's only bringing pain, shame, and hurt in my life. Yeah. And when she came to that revelation and that understanding, watch what she did when she understood that Jesus said, go get your husband. She realized He's talking about the well I'm dipping in. And the Bible said the first thing she said is that, oh, we worship on this mountain. Well, let, me, let me put that in translation for you. Oh, I'm a Baptist. I was raised in church all my life. My grandpa was a preacher. <laughs> you see, that's the problem that most of us have had a religious experience. And we relate, we, we're trying to relate what God's trying to communicate to us to a religious experience in our past. I came to tell you that religion can't change you. You can go to church, but church can't change you. It takes Jesus Christ and the relationship with you and drinking of the living water. Yes. Not the motions of going through a repetitious prayer. Let me just tell you something real quick and I'll, I'll wrap this thing up. When I got saved September 2nd, 1990 in my living room, 
I had a 357 magnum to my head. My wife had left and took our daughter. By the way, we're celebrating 34 years in August because I want to tell you what God can do. She said, I can't live this way no more. I was at the end of my life. My best friend, who I ran with and partied with, had just went home a few weeks before this. And he went home and had an argument with his ex-wife. He was trying to reconcile. He got mad, goes in the house, breaks through the window, don't even go through the door of his own house, takes out his 300 Weatherby, puts it under his chin, and pulls the trigger. Mm. My business is bankrupting because I'm snorting all the profits. I can't run enough guns and sell enough dope to support my dope pack. I'm empty, I'm broken, I got a pistol to my head. And I didn't have a simple religious prayer with God that night. Most people get offended when I tell them this. I had a cuss fight with God. Right. I was cussing. Yes, and He was loving. Amen. I was screaming at the top of my lungs. And I was trying to explain to Him if your real God changed me because I didn't like it. I like the dope. I like the lifestyle. I like the highs. You see, most people never get honest enough to tell God the truth of who they really are. And this is my words to God. God, I like the cocaine. I like it. I like the alcohol. I like the party life. But it's killing me. And it's destroying everything that has value in my life. And my last cry to God was, God, if you're real, change me. If you'll change me, I'll live for you for the rest of my life. Wow. That next morning when I got up out of bed, I was on my way to my power store. I stopped in the same convenience store. I stopped at every day of my life on Highway 411 in White, Georgia, coming out of White, going into Cornersville, Georgia. Some of you may know where it's at, maybe some of you don't, but it's still as real to me as it was yesterday. I walked to the beer cooler and I reached to grab the hold of the door at the beer cooler and I went to pull the door open and I couldn't pull it open. For the first time in my life, I did not have the power to reach in that Woo! cooler and pull out that case of because there was something on the inside that would not let me pull that door open. It was Christ that had come yeah. in that night. <laughs> It was a cry of desperation that God, if you are real, change me. I walked into the office of my tire store and there was a line of cocaine, several of them as a matter of fact, that was laying there on the counter. And I want you to know that I didn't store that line of cocaine that morning. I walked right back, went to work, did what I was supposed to do. They called me about 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Said my nickname back in the world was Juice. Said, hey Juice, we going to the club tonight. I said, no, we ain't going to the club tonight. I don't, they said, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. Something's happened. I've changed. I've changed. Don't tell me God don't change life. Don't tell me that there is not a living water that if you drink of, you will never thirst again. That was 30 years ago, and I've never looked back, never went back to that cold anymore. Have you had a transformation? Have you been washed in the blood and transformed 
of being the excuse. Look at me. When I was so broken and lost, my brother got radically born again. Everybody in my family confessed to be a Christian, including me. And we all confessed Jesus, and we all intellectually believed that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Only until my grandfather at the age of 12 killed himself in my arm did I decide that I didn't know if I believed in God. But all my life I had believed that Jesus died. But I need you to know something. I would have intellectually believed that Jesus died on the cross and rose again and I would have busted hell wide open. Yes. Because I had never been born again. It was September 2nd, 1990 that I called out to God. And when people tried to confront me about the destructive lifestyle that I lived, being strung out on drugs in the club, in the strip club. I put more $100 bills in a stripper's garden than most of you make in a lifetime. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm just telling I lived a very extreme lifestyle of just throwing away finances and money, doing everything that my sinful nature wanted to do. And I'm not bragging about that. I'm just telling you, I don't care how deep and dark of a hole that you have made your head in. I need to tell you tonight that God can bring you out. Amen. Every time somebody tried to confront me about the well I was dipping out of. Every time somebody tried to confront me. Don't you judge me, I'm saved. Don't you judge me. What makes you think I don't know who Jesus is? That's it. You on. see, until you quit using religion as your excuse for not giving your life to Jesus, yes. you'll never be changed. Right. Because as long as you're trying to be religious, you can't drink of the living water. That's right. As long as you're telling people, don't judge me. You'll never be able to come to the living water. Because the truth is, it's the only reason Jesus ever reveals your job is to deliver you of your job. The only reason that Jesus ever reveals your stuff is so he can reveal your stuff. Religion will reveal your junk so they can condemn you and point their fingers at you. But Jesus reveals your mess so he can heal you. Amen. Jesus pulls the cover out. I'm broken. You're right. I'm caught in a destructive cycle. You're right, Lord. I'm hurting inside. You're right. Past this exterior, I'm jacked up. Yes. I'm messed up, God. I've been through some stuff, man, and nobody understands. But you see, God does. You see, God, listen, God never promised us that tragedies wouldn't come into our life. But let me tell you what he did promise. I'll be with you always. He didn't promise us that people wouldn't sin against us that broke us and hurt us. But what he did promise is that I'll heal you. He didn't promise us that sometimes that we wouldn't get caught up in, in the iniquities and the power of sin. That would devastate us. But what he did promise is I'll forgive you and transform you. God's in the business of changing lives. And that day, that woman... Threw her water pot down. Somebody say she threw her water pot down. She threw away what represented her abilities to dip from a well that would never satisfy. Amen. She said, I don't need this anymore because I'm not going back to that well. Somebody tonight needs to understand you don't need that water pot no more. Because you don't have to dip from a well that don't satisfy. Amen. You don't have to go back to that She threw that water pot down. I can't imagine the boldness it must have took for her to run through town and talk about I met a man. Yeah. Yeah. I bet a whole lot of people laughed at her. 
I've met a whole lot of women who say, yeah, we've heard that before. But the truth of the matter is this time she met a man that did for her what no other man had ever done. Set her free. Amen. Her. And she said, I don't got to deal for this deep well that's so deep never satisfies even more. Amen. See, if I came to Ranger for any reason, it was to tell you tonight, you ain't got to deal from that deep well. If you guys would come, I'm going to wrap this thing up. Thank y'all for going in amazing tonight. Amen. Would you let this worship team and all these amazing songs involved except for anger in my redemption in my transformation I was coming down the road after work one day and a song came on the radio by Ben Skill you understand I ain't thinking about Jesus I'm half high I've been I've been snorting dope all day I've been drinking I'm going home to get a shower I'm about to go to the club and I'm coming down the road and there's a song came on the radio and that song said, in that, I don't even remember the words of it, don't know the name of it. All I know is he said that nobody answered when I called your name. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I knew at that moment that it was my time. I didn't hear anything about a woman leaving a man or a man leaving a woman. I heard that God was calling me. Yeah. And I didn't think that God would quit looking for me. I just knew my life would come to an end very soon. If I didn't call them. And for somebody who questioned whether or not they believed in God or not, that night I sure did cry out to him. I've been doing this for 30 years, guys. Built rehabs, ministries. My ministry's been built from the ones nobody else wanted. I didn't build it, I ministered to church people. I, I did everything I did by going back to the people that were like I was. Yes. And I reached back into the guns of the people that were called to the hurt of addiction because I felt cheap when I got saved because nobody ever told me that God would change my life. Oh, they told me he'd forgive me, but nobody ever told me he would change me. And I wanted change, not because sin wasn't fun, but because sin was killing me. I didn't want to live in that broken cycle anymore. And in these 30 years, I need you to understand something. I've never seen somebody, nobody, so bad, nobody so broken, nobody's so hurt that God couldn't heal them and God couldn't change them. If they were just willing to say, God, I ain't running no more. I'm not going to let, I'm going to stay in this lifestyle of destruction. If they'd be just willing to, to just pull the veil back, say, God, here's my scars. Here's my junk. Here's my brokenness. Here's my pain. Here's my addictions. Here's all my mess. You see, I was so messed up. I was so lost. I was so bad. But when I called on God, and I tell people this all the time, how hard did you go after dope? How hard did you go after your last time? You knew nothing you wouldn't do. If you've ever been an addict, there's nothing you wouldn't do again. There wasn't nobody you wouldn't steal from, nobody you wouldn't lie to, nobody you wouldn't sleep with. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about tonight. Somebody in this room understand that when you wanted sin, you went after sin with everything you had, no matter what the cost. But then we want to come to church and sit there and say, well, Lord, if you want me to have it, I have to bring it to you. Nobody 
brought you the dough if they wasn't getting something from you. You went out. You'd dig in the nap of your carpet to get some of it. There's nothing we wouldn't do for the sin that was killing us. See, God wants you to come after Him with the same intensity tonight. Cry out to Him with a cry that says, I won't be refused. I'm going to cry out tonight with a cry because I'm desperate in need of a change. You see, real repentance sometimes is not about how much we beg God, but it's about sometimes are we willing to let our flesh get to a place of brokenness to where we pull the veil back and tell God who we really are. Not the one that we want Him to think we are, but the one that we really are. You see, I know, I've been there. You can't tell me. We pull a little this back. Okay, God, here you go. Oh, here he go, because you don't want to go to jail. Here you are because you want your wife to come home. And you show it just a little bit. Instead of just taking it all off. And say, God, here's the real me. No more facades. No more lies. No more games. No more deals. God, I'm coming to you just as I am. See, I came to tell you, if you'll come to him just as you are. Be real with him tonight. Because he don't have, listen, he don't have judgment in his hand. He has salvation and redemption for you. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should be saved. God loves you and He's in pursuit of you. He had an appointment to get you here tonight. So if you would stand with me all over the house tonight. If you would bow your heads all over this building tonight. I have one agenda tonight, and that agenda is to let you know that Christ, He paid it all for you. He's come to break the change in your life. He's come to break the cycles of dysfunction, of pain, the shame, the hurt, the lies, the deception. He come to break all that tonight. He come to drive the demons out of your life tonight. That you can be forever transformed. But it's going to take you willing to let God meet you. Throw away the religious excuses. Throw away all of the all of the all of the manipulation and say, God, here I am. The real me. Here I am. I lay it down tonight. How many of you in this room are ready for God to change your life tonight? You're ready for God to break those cycles in your life. You're ready to come home and be a new person today. To have the old things pass away and have all things become you. If that's you tonight, then you're ready for God to change you. You're ready for God to transform you. Would you at the count of three raise your hand as high as you can? Don't you be ashamed tonight. Listen, you went after the world. You went after sin. You went after the things of the devil. With everything in you tonight, I'm pleading with you. Go after God with everything in you. Are you ready right now? One, two, three. Raise them up, raise them up, raise them up. If you're ready right now, you're serious now about being changed. My God, I want every man and woman in this room that's serious about God changing your life right now. Whose hands in the air. I'm asking you right now to get out from behind that seat and join me in this altar right now quickly. Come on, you used to run the world.